Hello and welcome back to another episode of the football podcast, Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And it's been another very, very busy week. We've had some Premier League, some Championship, some FA Cup. What do you think about the FA Cup, Dad? Because I know in the past it used to be like the big trophy, didn't it? Well, it was the big trophy. It still is the bigger of the cup trophies for the domestic stuff. I mean, the Carabao Cup's going to get binned by the looks of it, probably, with all the uh, stuff going on. But uh, it still is a big trophy. Uh, remember when Mabbott talked on this programme, Gary Mabbott, he talked Gary about Mabbott. how special it was. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We'll talk about it as we go through the matches, but it's still special for lots of people. Yeah, that is true. Um, I just feel like as it keep, like continues and goes on, it seems to be, I don't know, we talked about teams putting out B teams and stuff like that. So yeah, we will talk about some FA Cup and we're going to have some rants and we're going to have some raves. So I'm going to start off by rounding up some of the big matches from the Premier League. I wanted to mention Crystal Palace first against Leeds because you don't often associate Palace with lots of goals, but 4-1 was the score. And apparently that's the first time in 46 matches Palace have actually scored four goals. Saying that, one of them was an own goal. Derry attacking, no fear really against Leeds, who obviously are their attacking team. Shocking VAR offside against Bamford. What do you reckon about that? I think they actually called it for his hand being offside. Oh, it's just ridiculous. No, no comment. Okay, no comment. Um, so Palace up to seventh. They're on 13 points, which is fantastic. And then Leeds has just been really quite up and down. Like, obviously, very entertaining. 1-3, lost four, drawn one. So I suppose you're not going to be too worried as a Leeds fan. I'm pretty much certain that they're not going to go down. But maybe just conceding too many. That's probably their main concern at the moment. And then same scoreline, 4-1. But this time it was Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Chelsea played really well, had 20 attempts, 70% possession, and a lot of raving now finally about their signings seemed to have settled in. Ziyech was brilliant. Werner, Mendy in goal, looking really good. Um, Thiago Silva, he got a goal as well. Sheffield United only one point now from eight games. Do you see them staying up? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough season. Um, them and Burnley teams that people... The pundits keep saying, oh, they don't need to worry, they're fine, but they need to get some points soon. And Chelsea undefeated in their last eight games in all competitions. So they are very much on a roll, looking really good. And then some more matches. Everton won, Man United three, two goals and Bruno Fernandes and Cavani's got his first ever um, goal for Manu. Easing the pressure a little bit on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after their shock defeat midweek to Istanbul, Basak Sahir. Um, and obviously last uh, Sunday they lost to Arsenal as well. So that's Everton's third successive defeat now in a row, which again is uh, something that the fans will be pretty concerned about and a bit annoyed about after the great start that they've had. I think now you can't blame it on the injuries. It's only Richarlison's that's not playing really. And Man United are just the third team to win three consecutive Premier League away games after conceding the first goal, which is quite interesting. The other teams to do that were Leeds in 1999 and Spurs in 2013. And then the last fun statistic, this is the first time that Ancelotti has lost three league games in a row since November 2006 with AC Milan. So you think next match, surely, I don't know who they're playing actually, Everton, but, but after that you think they get back to winning ways. And then on Sunday, we had the big match. That was my one to watch from last week. Man City against Liverpool, um, which finished 1-1. Actually, the first half, you could say, was very exciting. Kind of what we were all hoping, quite an open match. And then the second half, they seemed to just, I don't know, like shut up shop and 
just seemed to both teams not want to lose, which I think as a spectator then makes it slightly less entertaining and um, overall 1-1 was probably a deserved result. And then the really big result of the day was Arsenal nil, Aston Villa 3 a fantastic result for Aston Villa and a brilliant performance from them under an Arsenal team that a lot of people have been praising and saying they're going on the right track. Well, this is obviously a slight step back. Grealish and Bross Barkley just to seem to cause some chaos from the word go. Ollie Watkins, obviously, with a fantastic um, brace as well. Two goals in three minutes. And just, I think, this will give the fans a real boost obviously, because they've had a couple of interesting results at the moment. So, yeah, that's a a huge one for Aston Villa. And so that leaves them in sixth place on the table and 15 points. Still with a game in hand, actually. And obviously, Lesson now top of the table with 18 points after their result and win against Wolves 1-0. And then obviously, quickly, very quickly, Tottenham beat West Brom 1-0 away from home with a very sneaky 88th minute winner from Harry Kane. So, yeah, that's a roundup of the Premier League. Good stuff then, the Championship. Got a couple of matches to look at. So the first one's Reading versus Stoke. Uh, Reading, who've they'd lost the previous two games, and they lost this one as well, so now lost three in a row. Got hammered, really. 3-0 at home by Stoke. It's interesting, Stoke had 30% possession uh, and won 3-0. Reading five shots on target, but didn't manage to convert any of them. Campbell, Fletcher and Brown scored for Stoke. Uh, Reading still top. So Stoke are up to, despite three losses, actually, Stoke up to eighth and one point off the playoffs. And uh, we've talked about Stoke a couple of times the last few weeks and um, they seem to have some positive momentum, seem to be getting going. I think it might be one of those teams that uh, certainly if they're winning the home games, they seem to struggle at home with big crowds and big expectations. So uh, empty stadiums might be suiting Stoke, you never know. So they've done well. Michael O'Neill, manager, mentioned him again a couple of weeks ago. So he's uh, on a good run there, Stoke. So yeah, second one is uh, somebody who's struggling terribly at the moment, Derby, rock bottom at the moment. Got beat 2-0 at home by Barnsley goals from Chaplin and Adebayer, Joe. Uh, Text Barnes up to 16th, and they've had a couple of decent results recently. They only had 29% possession yesterday, uh, still managed to win 2-0. Uh, and Derby just don't seem to be able to get going, so despite having some uh, big names, Rooney, etc. So things are looking a bit glum for Derby. Uh, their rivals across... Uh, Across the uh, Midlands, Notts Forest had a good win. Uh, and also Watford, actually. Watford move up to second. They beat Coventry 3-2 in a five-goal goal thriller at Vicarage Road. And I say they're up to second behind Reading. So uh, a decent day in the Championship. That's quite interesting that you've pointed out teams that won, even though they had quite low percent possession, right? Yeah, I, I think it doesn't. there's a couple of games in my FA Cup where it doesn't matter how many times you get shots on goal, it's getting in the back of the net. So... Um, yeah, a lot of teams playing on the brick, um, looking for opportunities. So um, mm. teams having lots of possession but losing. So, But yeah, Derby, Barnsley, a funny team, Barnsley. You'd tip them to go down perhaps, but you did that last year. They managed to yeah. hang on and stay up. And um, that's a really good win on paper for Barnsley, although they said Derby uh, rock bottom. Derby manager, is he looking like he's going to get Poor, the sack? God blimey, yeah. I mean, it's looking like that, isn't it? But mm. um, yeah, we shall need, see. He needs to get some wins. Right, time to have a rant. I made you re-watch Match of the Day specifically for this moment. So my rant is, okay, I know he's 23 years old and he probably is going to learn from this, but it was the horrifically fluffed penalty in the 95th minute, last kick of the game by um, 
Adamola Lookman for Fulham. He tried to pull off, I didn't even know it was called a Penenka, if that's how you pronounce it, but it just didn't work. Trying to do a clever chip to the last kick of the game and it was just awful. And I think it is stupid decisions like that that are just going to impact the season. Like This is Fulham, that every point is so vital. And fair play to Scott Parker. He basically said in his press release that he thought it was stupid and disappointed in him and... Yeah, I mean, it's just awful. Like, what do you think is the best tactic for taking a penalty? Uh, get it in the corner as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, that's it's simple. Just boot it. And then it made me think about who, who, on reflection, are probably some of the best penalty takers in the Premier League ever, would you say? Lampard, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I actually Googled it. I think he was maybe statistically the second. Um, Matt Letizia, we mentioned him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Steven Gerrard, I think he was like the third. And Alan Shearer. Well, obviously, because he just scored so many goals. So, um, I mean, it was shocking, wasn't it? It was just awful to watch. As a Fulham fan, you'd be pulling your hair out. I don't know if they had to pay £14.95, but you'd want a refund after seeing that horrific penalty. Um, But then they were saying, oh, well, if we got it in, we would be praising him, maybe. But... Yeah, just don't even don't even bother doing it. Next time, just smack it high and in the middle. That's that's the tip from me. What's your rant? Uh, mine's about players, just a general one. Really. Players not trying, and um, you see, I probably have done this before, I'm sure, but you see players, top paid, top quality, world class footballers, and you know you hear the likes of Roy Keane, Graham Souness, two people who. Um, you could probably go back through their six, seven hundred games, whatever they played, and you wouldn't find one where they didn't try. Uh, they might have a bad game here and there, but it's not because they weren't trying, just because they were having an off day. But uh, effort and energy and really trying to win the game and get to every ball, that's that's what they get paid for. That's all they get paid for, really. So when you see people walking around and not trying, there was some press this week from one of the matches about that. And I think, mm. yeah, if you're a pundit, keen or soonest and you've done it all before and sweat blood for your team, then you're going to look at the sit there thinking, why on earth? You know, why is this person getting paid all that cash and not doing it? So, yeah, players who don't try. Can you blame it on the amount of fixtures they've got at the moment crammed in? Not at all. No? No, no. if somebody's okay. walking on a football pitch all right. when they should be running, even if they could jog, but just to wander around aimlessly. I'm not going to make you name names, but are there some people in your head that you're thinking of or not really? Not really. I mean, it varies. There are players who are like, there's some that you know full well they're going to give it their all every match. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and, you know, you take the hat off them. Sometimes they're not the most skillful players. Sometimes... The most skillful ones are the ones who can't be bothered on occasions. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, you get paid the money. Even if the stadium's empty, you've got to give it your all. So there was also FA Cup on this week, and it was the first round. So it's caused a few upsets, a few teams that maybe you wouldn't expect to have won. So we've highlighted, I think, maybe about six matches from the FA Cup on Saturday. So I'll go through three as well. So you've got Dagenham and Redbridge versus Grimsby. 3-1 to Dagenham and Redbridge. Obviously, the National League side, very dramatic. They had a 91st minute and a 96-minute goals that secured the win to knock out League 2 side. Grimsby, so obviously Grimsby would have been favoured for that one. And um, Dagenham and Redbridge, I didn't realise, they actually currently are sitting bottom of the National League with four points. So this will give them a big boost in confidence. Um, you wouldn't have expected them to have beaten Grimsby. So yeah, that was a good result. And then I had Rochdale versus Stockport. Rochdale won, Stockport two. Again, Stockport National League side defeating a League One club this time. 
Goals from Alex Reed and um, John Rooney. Obviously, younger brother for Wayne Rooney got the goals. He went from Barry, didn't he? That's right, yeah. Yeah, Stockport progressed the second round for the second time in three seasons. And Stockport currently second in the National League. And Rochdale are three points above the drop zone. So actually, on paper, I can kind of see why you might have thought that Stockport would have won. Because obviously, they're on a roll in Rochdale. Even though they're higher in the league, um, in League One, they haven't been doing so well at the moment. And the last match I wanted to look at was Sunderland nil, Mansfield won. You called that before the match, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, what a good win. The new yeah. first match for Nigel Clough. Yeah, that was his first match. He got appointed on Friday and obviously he um, Mansfield are a League 2 side and knocked out League 1 Sunderland. And Mansfield's first win of any description for this whole season. So obviously, like, I think we were talking about it last week, how you appoint a new manager and then suddenly they seem to be um, get a win, which they need. So those are my three FA Cup matches. What about yours? Uh, I've got um, Port Vale nil, Kings Lynn one. This is a good example, actually. We talked about uh, possession and shots on target before. Port Vale had 11 shots on target and uh, scored none. No. Kings Lynn had one and scored it. So, um, Sonny Carey in the 82nd minute. So, Kings Lynn, uh, 17th in the National League, Port Vale, 7th in League Two. So, uh, definitely, definitely um, an underdog win in there, which is brilliant. Interestingly, Kings Lynn only played because Notts County couldn't fulfil the previous fixture because of COVID. So, Kings Lynn winning instead of Notts County. Uh, Notts County ended up playing yesterday but losing 1 0 in the league to Aldershot. So, they'd have been fed up. Uh, and then uh, interesting manager for Kings Lynn. They've only been started. They were actually formed in 2010, Kings Lynn. So they're not. They're quite a new club. And the manager's a chap called Ian Culverhouse, who I do remember, was a good right-back for Norwich. Mostly Norwich, and he also played at Swindon and Brighton. So well done, Ian Culverhouse. Could be a manager of the future in the making. Another one, Swindon 1, Darlington 2. Darlington from the sixth tier. Uh, incredible, really. Two goals from Adam Campbell. They play in the National League North. Swindon have no manager at the moment, of course. Richie Wellens went to Salford uh, and they've lost 10 out of the last 13 matches. Darlington, ex-league club, went to administration 2012. So they're on the way back up. So a brilliant result for Darlington. Well done, Darlington. Last one from me was a draw, but then went, as all this week's ties did. If they drew, they went to extra time and penalties. This one did go to penalties. Team called Marine from uh, Merseyside. Colchester won, Marine won. Guy called Miley scored. And they won 5-3 on penalties. Interesting because you've got to imagine Marines got a lot of amateur players, semi-professional, etc. So to be able to play in 90 minutes, another 30 minutes and win on penalties, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, they're from the 8th tier, Northern wow, Premier okay. League, Division 1 Northwest, which is actually the same division as Clitheroe. So a couple <laughs> of years ago, I went to Shawbridge and watched Clitheroe. Uh, and I mean, it was, it's good football, actually, but it is, you know, it's low league stuff, so... For them to go to Colchester, that's amazing, really. And it was their sixth FA Cup match. So not only had they been playing a, a long match yesterday, they've had to play six matches to get there in the first place. So brilliant. Last time they were in the second round was in 1992. Uh, and they ended up getting to the third round that year and got beat by crew. So well done to Kevin Lynch, manager, and uh, the Marine team. And like the rest of the teams who've got through, uh, regardless of whether the FA Cup's a big deal these days. They'll be sat at ten past seven on Monday night, eagerly awaiting uh, the draw for the second round to see who they've got.
Right, time for a rave. And I thought it was only suitable to mention a team that has been playing brilliantly at the moment, won six out of their last seven matches, and that is Southampton. Um, obviously, the match that they uh, they drew was uh, against Chelsea 3-3, so you could have given them some praise for that as well. And apparently, I didn't quite realise this, Southampton obviously went top of the Premier League for the first time since 1988. So you've had a lot of Southampton fans like taking photos and screenshots of that. And it's just over a year since their 9-0 home humiliation by Leicester. And it's just ridiculous what they've achieved as a squad. Not many different players to that match when it was 9-0. So they've been doing fantastically well. Obviously, they managed a convincing 2-0 win versus Newcastle over the weekend. And that was even without Danny Ings, who's their top goal scorer. People like Shea Adams. Actually, Theo Walcott played really well. So there's not too many. I mean, they've got some really good individual players like your Ward Prowse, your Danny Ings. But I think as a whole team, they're playing really well. Hassan Hootel seems to have got them um, working fantastically well together. So, yeah, it's just a fantastic time to be a Southampton fan because you get to see your team on top of the table. Definitely take a screenshot of that. Brilliant. Yeah, well done, Southampton. Good. And, uh, yeah, mine is uh, about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, actually. Yeah. And I thought it was good this weekend to see... Uh, well, good to see United win, fair play. They've had a tough time and uh, they needed a win and they got one at Everton who'd been doing really well. So that's a fantastic win for United. Uh, but Solskjaer got very animated about the um, fixture pile up and how they've been forced to play so early on a Saturday for the television. And it was just quite a, quite a surprise and quite refreshing yeah. uh, to see him having a bit of a rant. So my rave's a rant this week. <laughs> so well done to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for showing some spirit. Uh, and uh, speaking his mind and yeah so good old Ollie well done one thing you can say that they do seem to when they're under pressure that United team especially for um, Solskjaer they do seem to just pull it out and get the results when they need to yeah they do it's just a bit inconsistent yeah but, very inconsistent um, yeah no well done Ollie showing some guts and some spirit of the week we love looking at the hairstyles there's some fantastic hairstyles in all the divisions at the moment uh, you go first who's your Barnett of the week uh, well it's actually uh, from that Everton Man United match it's Mason Holgate who um, oh, okay, yeah. he wears a black headband like out of fame oh. uh, I'm not sure he's going to live forever but the old fame headband yeah. with his uh, curly hair yeah. makes him about six inches taller than he really is yeah um, so yeah, Mason Olgate, quite an interesting uh, he didn't style have the best there. Of matches, did didn't he? have the best of matches. Needs to take the fame headband out. off. I don't. I didn't even notice the headband actually. That's quite interesting. I've gone for Andros Townsend. I don't know if I've used him before, but I mean, his hair's just ridiculous. He's been with Crystal Palace since 2016, 142 appearances. And I was actually looking back at photos of when he first joined there in 2016, and his hair has kind of had a transformation. There's been some. People online saying whether whether it's a legit transformation, maybe it was I don't know surgery, but I'm not sure it could be a hair transplant or not. It looks very good. Have you seen it? Um, I'm not really focused on it oh to be fair. Oh my gosh, it like goes so high. I mean, if you look at photos before and after, he is just it's it's fantastic. And a lot of people are saying they hope 2020 is going to go as well or improve as much as Andros Townsend's hair has. So yes, I think again to very luscious Barnets of the week this week. <laughs> Right, well, we've not really got ones to watch this week because uh, there's an international break. So 
Yeah, obviously our ones to watch would be England pretty much. But so there's going to have, is it two weeks or one week of internationals? Um, oh, one week, know. hopefully. Yeah, oh, I know, fingers crossed. So, um, yeah, we will be back with some more football chants and rounds of the plants very soon. <laughs> 